What's going on? Welcome to the What is Crypto podcast with your boy Nye. My name is Matthew Aaron. Have you ever dreamed about getting into crypto? I mean, not just buying crypto, but working in crypto. Have you ever just thought, how do you do it? You know, I've been at my job for 20 years. I'm I'm in insurance or I've been at a factory for the past 20 years. Nine to five, I work the second shift. I um, come in and I do the same job over and over and over again, putting wheels on a car or whatever you do. And not to say anything wrong with those jobs. Those are great jobs. And I hope you're enjoying them. And I hope you've made a great living and a lot of money doing it. But maybe you just need a change. But there's this barrier. It's daunting to think about going from what you do now to the crypto space. When I was host of Crypto 101 Podcast, I saw a lot of people wanting to know about this, wanting to make that leap. I saw people writing for Crypto 101. I saw people editing. I saw people volunteering and helping out with the podcast and our media center to try to make that. And a couple people did. They made that leap. They stopped their job and now they're doing either writing or marketing or even just in IT, but more geared toward the future of technology and payments. Well, here talking tonight today, we have Miss Leah Jonas, who also made that leap, took that chance, started working with a company outside of what she usually does in a startup in an emerging market. And she's here to talk about how she made that decision. Well, I hope what she has to say inspires you, and we'll see you after the show. Awesome. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Can you share your full name and title with me? Yes, my name is Leah Jonas, and I'm the Global Head of Partnerships at Celsius Network. How would you describe yourself? Um, I would describe myself as constantly curious, um, driven, ambitious, uh, definitely a risk taker, and um, I think uh forever a learner. So discussing a little bit about getting involved in the crypto space, you know, getting into the industry itself, how did you make the decision to get involved in terms of working with Celsius and and uh, getting involved on, 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 a, on a business level? I have worked in tech for about six years now, always at startups in different capacities. And I think that I chose Celsius because I had worked at a startup that tried to scale twice. I have learned that no amount of money can make you successful. Uh, It can just prolong the inevitable. So in looking at Celsius, I knew I wanted to get into crypto um, and I wanted to work in the industry. Uh, But there was there was a lot of different companies on the come up with a lot of cool ideas. I kind of took a different approach and was looking for seasoned entrepreneurs because this is starting a company itself is already difficult. Starting a company in emerging industry is like, you know, a, a level up from that. So you really need experienced like founders to understand exactly how to navigate that. When I found Celsius, I liked the concept, but even more so I liked our founder and I was like, he has a track record, especially in track record in an emerging industry like voice over IP to be able to navigate such, you know, rocky waters. Um, and a product can always change. It can always pivot. It can always adjust to the market. You, you can't change that leader. You can, but it's very difficult. So that's what I was looking for. And that's kind of why I jumped on board. It wasn't just the vision. It was our founder. And then also the, our co-founder, Daniel, who had also started a number of companies. Um, and I knew that whatever the vision, however it adjusted and whatever this industry brought to them, they would be able to have the know-how and the experience to drive it forward. 
Yeah, and I mean, you gotta also just be be pretty aware of of how you're getting into the industry, especially with this new industry. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily like. I'm I'm curious about like like the challenges that you you face with with choosing a company because you don't necessarily want to just dive in and be like, oh, I'll work for you because hell, you might end up working for a scam and then that's your reputation on the line. Yeah, you know, I agree and disagree. I think that to some extent. You know, if you meet someone that was there in the early days of internet, that becomes a prolific period in which the period itself defines you more than the company you worked for. So I don't think that, you know, if I met someone that was like, oh, I was in Silicon Valley, like, you know, in the 80s, you know, or early 80s, early 90s, they might name some company. It might have been a complete, like, you know, shell company or ghost, like, they could have done some crazy stuff. That matters less to me than the fact that they were around during that time. And that was, you're learning more from the industry or just as much from the industry itself in that tumultuous time period as you are from like the company that you work with. So yes, you of course have to be aware of scams. No one wants to go to jail, like that basic stuff. But also I think that just being in the industry at that time, while so much is changing, as so much is evolving and learning with the industry, that can be just as valuable as anything. Short-term reputational risk, but long-term, I think it, it's not as definitive as people think it might be. And what was kind of like your thought process in making the decision with Celsius? It's interesting because even though my dad's an entrepreneur, he's like my mentor. I turn to him for all things in my life. But I have a whole story behind how I found Alex and Celsius and all that stuff, which, you know, we can get into. But when he offered me the job and, you know, it was more than I was making currently at like a, like a tech recruiting firm, which I just had like a, I moved to New York on a whim. Uh, literally decision to move was like three weeks. And so I just got a job in the interim. And so I was he offered me more money, but it wasn't about that. It was like, I really believe in vision. I call my dad and he goes, do they have health insurance? They have benefits, all this stuff. And Daniel, our co-founder was like, all those things are coming. Like I was employee number 10. So it was very, very early. Um, he was like, all those things are coming. And my dad's like, do not leave a job with health insurance for a job that does not have health insurance. Cause he's my dad. And I had to weigh out all those risks. Right. Um, and there's a lot of startups that really will say, Oh yeah, we're going to give you these benefits and these benefits. And they're just not there yet. And I'm a, like, I, I'm a risk taker. So I weighed out the benefits and the, the risks I was taking. And for me at that point in time, which I'm sure you can relate to now, I, I was so passionate about the industry I was literally to the point that I was driving all my friends crazy because I wanted to talk about it so much that um, I almost had like, you know, this internal itch that I was like, I have to get into this. Like I have, it just was something like deep inside me that was like, I cannot spend another day not in this fully. So that was definitely tipping the scales a little bit, but yeah, I, I assessed the risks and I looked at the track record and I looked at, you know, uh, what their, I got kind of a feel for them from other people in the industry, like kind of asked the people that I've met what they thought about um, that space and the founders and all that stuff and made a pros and cons list like you do. <laughs> Hell yeah. If someone's listening to this, because this is a beginner podcast, right? So mm-hmm. we're, we're really doing one-on-ones. And if someone's here tuning in right now, listening, saying, I've been interested in Bitcoin, I've been interested in crypto. And I'm not really sure if I want to take the leap or I don't even know how to take the leap. Like, what would you recommend uh, someone else to do if you have one piece of advice? I would say to Swiss cheese approach it, which is, you know, one bite at a time. 
um, basically you go in and, and find the things that you're comfortable doing. And if it's really for you, then you'll get hungry for more, right? I started just going to meetups and talks and um, it was a snowball effect from there. But you have to find the area that you're passionate about, right? Because I think what people don't understand about crypto or blockchain, there's so many different routes in, right? Like the Hindu saying, there's so many paths to Brahma. Like there's so many different routes and ways people become passionate about it. We have people on our team that are ultra invested and interested in the philanthropic side. And that's that's what drives them, right? That's their why. Equalization through decentralization or you know, a new global economy, like that's other people's. You have to find your why first and then let that dictate you. I think we're told so much, especially as millennials, like find your passion, do what you love, like, you know, all these things. It's actually really true in BTC. And there's a lot of people who look at it as a financial mechanism and they're like, oh, I don't like finance Um, or I want to learn about this, but I was always bad at math or I don't understand financial products. That's not the only route to understanding crypto. So I would say explore the different impacts it has and all the different areas it touches, find the area that interests you most, and then start going forward with that and going to talks about that and reading articles about that because that will forever be interesting. I I never stop being interested. I've never, I've had times where I'm stressed or I've hit a wall or like, you know, work crazy hours. I will never not be down for like a two, three hour long conversation with someone I just met about the area that I'm interested in uh, as it relates to crypto. This question, how do you use crypto in your daily life is sponsored by BMAG, BMAG BMAG.io. BMAG, they write stories that inform, influence, and inspire the global blockchain cryptocurrency community. I use crypto in my life as much as I possibly can. Um, Most often I use it to pay other people in crypto for goods and services. I also often um, ask my non-crypto friends if they'll accept crypto for concert tickets or um, instead of a Venmo charge. Um, Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but um, I would love to see ways in which I can um, spend it on travel more um, as that's a pretty regular occurrence in my life, um, i.e. tickets or cabs or um, hotel rooms. Uh, I would also love to uh, be able to buy um, some of my larger purchases with crypto. Um, Once again, uh, concert tickets or um, different types of goods and services such as haircuts, nails, some of the stuff that I do most often. That being said, I think it's important to also have the ability to pay with multiple cryptos as um, depending on the time, date, and what the markets look like, I try to uh, use the crypto that I think will be most beneficial to me. And uh, it's based on the holdings I have and what I see happening uh, within the industry for the future. And now back to Michael and his guest. Enjoy the rest of the show. You and I sat in Berlin and ran around Berlin for like seven days together and right. talked yeah. all about Bitcoin and all that stuff. We could talk about it till 2 a.m. if we wanted to. And there's so many people. You meet so many people in this industry. That's why I love the people here because everybody you meet is just like they have their own route that they that they find interesting. But it, it means that they can literally talk about it nonstop. I can say one story really quick is that when I first got into this, I always, my dad's like very ADHD, like me, very verbal. 
I would call him up all the time and like talk to him about stuff. And one time I had just moved to New York like two or three months previously. I called him to talk about crypto again, probably for like the third time in a 72 hour period after I went to a talk. And he was like, Leah, I have so much to do. I can't talk to you about this. We have to talk this weekend. And I remember just being like, oh my God, I have to find a different outlet. Like he's always been there to listen to me go on rants about like my beliefs or like how I'm interpreting something. And I was like, if he's saying no to me, then I got to find something. (laughs) I got to get into this because otherwise I'm going to drive my everybody around me absolutely crazy. I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, (laughs) the thing that you're talking about the most is the thing you got to be focused on. So I dig that. Right. And another part of the conversation that, you know, we, we wanted to talk about and we wanted to dive into was there's multiple ways we can say it. we can call it the meme wars or we could t- talk about it as like social currency. Can you just like give a quick little introduction on like, wh- like what, what is the meme wars? Like what is a social currency? So I think that we have always had social currency, right? Um, you look at music as a social currency, uh, locale as a social currency. It's the way in which we exchange um value between one another, right? That's what currency is, exchange of value. And I think that social capital, same thing, right? Here's a great example. I have a a friend here, Sean, who is like the go-to for any hip restaurant in New York. And in New York specifically, knowing where to go at what times is a form of social currency, right? It builds and elevates your social capital and you convert that social capital into a real world asset oftentimes, right? The ability to know the coolest places then impresses the people that you're trying to work with and results in you know, business deals and then results in ROI. And I think that um, what we're seeing now in terms of memes and circles of influence is we're able to influence and impact um, on a massive scale through like shared thought. So if I take a relatable concept, I make it into a meme and I spread it throughout, you know, my friend group or, you know, my peer group, that's a level of influence that then I think we can, you can trade immediately for products, ideas, and that translates into the real world, right? Um, Say you had a meme about privacy, and then that can actually directly translate into increases in privacy technology, right? And revenue driven towards that. I think that for the first time, we're seeing a quicker translation of social currency into, I guess you would call it like real world currency in how we do social media and how we approach technology. And I think the the shortening of that cycle from social to real world actually benefits the individual, right? You can see that in social media as an influencer, I can create social capital. I can build my social capital through following, through memes, influence, whatever you want to, whatever you want to build. And I can directly translate that into real world capital without ever having to go through third party other than the platform. I think that you're going to see more and more decentralization in that way. And I think that translates into more freedom of the individual, because when you're not tied to a corporation to do that for you, um, you get freedom and then you go into crypto and crypto is freedom, right? That crypto is a people's currency. So yeah, and I think I think it's interesting. It's like, it's kind of actually like, like atten- like attention's the real currency, but mm-hmm. the the social aspects, like whether it's social media or the content that people build, it's it's like the vehicle to deliver that 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 uh, that currency of attention. I think Does that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think attention actually is the measurement of value, 
So whereas, yeah, so like whereas the currency might be a meme, the attention given to that meme is, or the, the value that that meme holds is dictated by the attention that it receives. So if you're saying, let's take a, just a generalized idea, and then that idea can be formed in many different, like it can create many different forms of currency, right? You could do memes, it could be through content, like, you know, podcast, speech, whatever it is. Um, the attention given to that idea actually dictates its value within the market. The, the attention is set by the market. And so then the market dictates the value. Yeah, I think it plays into, it's interesting because this is like a uh, like a universal discussion, right? This isn't like a, a a one industry discussion. This can be talked about in crypto. It can be talked about in music. It can be talked about mm-hmm. uh, fitness. You know, there's the, well, the it's like touches on like the idea of like the influencer and who kind of, for lack of a better word, like sways the masses. Which is why I think people, why this is so important in regards to crypto, Because I think that when you're looking at influence on a global scale and you're saying influence is a form of, you know, currency, whatever form that takes, you have to be able to translate it into real world value. And that real world value isn't necessarily tied to governmental currencies as we see them today, right? If I can spread an idea globally in an instant, if I can open up a product and it can instantly be global, you know, the traditional system just doesn't mesh with the level of accessibility that I have as an individual, right? How do I turn that into real world value when half of my followers are in China and half my followers are in Brazil and half my follower, well, one third for each math fractions and one third is in, (laughs) and one third is in the U S like, how do I, how do I convert that into real world value that I can use on a daily basis um, to pay my rent, to, to, uh, you know, go fill up my car, the only solution is crypto, right? Because I don't need a payment system like PayPal to come in and convert all of those currencies. If I'm um, getting, let's just say, like take content, for example, right? Like you're a content creator. If you're creating snippets of content that are valuable for people and they're paying you, um, you know, $1 per podcast download because they want that knowledge, how are you going to get paid? You're going to take the, like, their yen or their like rupee or their boulevard and you're going to translate it into USD and then you're going to use it to fill up your car. Like that's not only an antiquated system, but it like docks every, it's a decentivizing system for everybody involved um, because they don't want to deal with transaction fees and all that stuff. If instead you can use a platform currency, whether it's utility or it's straight crypto like Bitcoin, then you're able to monetize that quicker, faster, and it allows you to reach and monetize that global audience immediately um, in a way that you could never do before. So if you're looking at a global economy of individual influence, you have to have crypto. And crypto, I'm talking about like either a token or a you know true cryptocurrency. There's so many forms it can take, but it just what we're dealing with now does not make sense in the antiquated system. It, it's just too slow. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Well, Leah, I'm glad that you got to come on the show. I'm glad that you had the time to, and, and take the time to chat with us a little bit. So I uh, sure. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so I think that the the biggest the biggest thing, if I was in like talking to new people in crypto, <laughs> um, or like 
people that are just brand new to crypto that I would want to convey since th- this is the platform for that to literally at, like find one person to like spread crypto to because I think that we have so much that we talk about with each other and we just talked about this for like the last like hour like how we actively sought out people within the existing industry to talk to about it but then we're just selling to each other while on your podcast I think the one thing I want to say is like if you are new do not be a don't feel like you have to feel like an expert in order to spread the like ethos of crypto because you don't I think that you learn we learn together so don't come into it and be like I have to talk to people who are way more experienced and I can't talk to anybody else about it until I understand it fully and completely like that's just not it's not going to happen it's not going to benefit anybody like pull in one other person that can learn with you and grow with you and that you bounce ideas off of and you know it will make for a much more diverse inclusive and overall wide-reaching movement leah thank you for coming on this show and talking to our boy nye over here i want to say that it's always inspiring to hear people take that leap take that risk and i always liked you know what i really liked about this episode is her talking to her dad her asking her parents what should i do is it health insurance is that the important thing or is it actually getting on the ground floor of something that maybe could change the world, maybe can be more fulfilling? My DYOR today is if you were thinking, if you were ever had the inkling that you wanted to join the crypto space, reach out to somebody. Sometimes it's not just getting paid. Sometimes it's just putting yourself out there. Reach out to your favorite podcast and ask them, hey, can I write a blog for you? Can I help you out with what you do? Reach out to your favorite influencer or advocate and say, how can I help? Reach out to your favorite shitcoin or company or ICO or STO or whatever and say, how can I help out the community? Get involved and see if that actually snowballs into something, a paying job, something that could be a career change, something that could be a life change. I guess the more of the story here is don't sleep on making that change, taking that first step, taking that first leap, even if it is for free, even if you're writing writing a blog two hours a week on your on just on your own expense on your own time why not you never know where it's going to leave we're going to see you in future episodes of what is crypto podcast with your boy nye